This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 558 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I'm Justin Mason, joined with me this week by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Still dealing with the ramifications of my toe surgery, which is uh, not feeling real well. Your little Sergeant Hulk is not doing too well? No, no. It's uh, They said it was going to be painful. I, I did not believe them. Anything in your foot sucks, man. When you get... Uh, I remember having... Uh, Something like turf toe at one point. That all sucks, and it's just you don't realize how important that that part of it is because that's where that's where you try to do something. But no, I'm not suffering from that. I'm suffering from other ailments. <laughs> Doing a bunch of yard work is is rough. Mm-hmm. Like today, I feel like my elbow was on fire, and all I did was pressure wash and do a bunch of mulching yesterday. But I feel like I woke up today feeling like, like I had pitched a game. Mm, I bet, and especially yeah. coming off you're coming off a of shoulder surgery not that long ago, so. I mean, yeah, yeah, no. Oh well, this is why I don't do yard work. (laughs) I actually like it. Uh, It's one of the weird things. I usually pick one of the days, Saturdays or Sundays, and now that I've I've been home for consecutive weekends for a while, it's like okay, one of these days is gonna be yard work day, and then the other day is 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 fun stuff day. And uh, but it's I usually I pick Sunday because I'm okay Monday I'm well, but today I'm. I'm suffering. I'm glad I, I'm I'm unavailable, as a reliever would tell the coach. I am, I am not able to pitch today. I am taking an off day. Well, we still have you here, and thankfully for that, because uh, Paul is uh, taking an off day today. He's being skipped in the rotation uh, for 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 this episode. So let's. He's uh, on. He's on being with the paternity leave. Yes, because he's with his parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. He's on maternity leave right now. He's with his mom. So um, we got a bunch of uh, stuff to cover today. We're going to cover some uh, some transactions, uh, some some notes, uh, discuss some some guys who were either uh, hot or or uh, you know in interesting situation. And then we'll cover some two start pitchers at the end for people who are uh, uh, looking for a stream for the week. So uh, let's start with uh, Brandon Belt. He goes on the DL with appendicitis. Uh, he left the game on, I believe it was Friday night in the middle of the second inning. Uh, there were re- rumors that it was the flu. There were rumors that his wife, uh, who is pregnant, went into early labor, and she was due, she's due uh, in July. But it turns out he actually has to go and have emergency, uh, emergency appendectomy 
Um, and we have no timetable for return at this point. Uh, some sometimes guys come back very very quickly. Uh, you know, I believe didn't Matt Holiday once like have a his appendix removed and then played uh, a few days later. I want to say I, I don't know. I just assume Belt was pulled from the game because Toys R Us sold them like they're selling everything <laughs> else. Uh, that's so that's that was my initial thought. But it, this does suck because uh, I know I have them. I think I have them in a fantasy baseball invitational. I have to go look, uh, but I know I have them in at least one league, um, and that's the unfortunate part. But it seems like the Giants had a bunch of dudes come back yesterday off the mm-hmm. disabled list. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, I, how they cover this. Because I, what I'm what I'm honestly bummed about is that Pablo Sandoval's got to play first base because I saw him play second base for the first time live last Sunday, and I don't know if you guys talked about it this week because I'm way behind on podcasts, but dude legitimately looked good playing second base. Yeah, no, he, he lost a lot of weight, and he's always had range for a big guy. There was talk that he could play some shortstop. God, that would be amazing. But I'm telling you, he made he made a couple of plays. The range looked good. He was very his first his first reactions were really good. I was legitimately impressed with what I saw from him at at, at second base. And so, I mean, if you're in that one game eligibility, like you've already got it. Um, but I, I honestly don't know what else they would do here except for maybe let Posey play some more first base and and give Nick Hundley more playing time. Which mm-hmm. blah. Um, yeah, Hunter, I think can I think Pence that wear is... a glove. Can Hunter Pence wear a first base glove? I I don't think he ever has. I mean, they brought Alan Hansen back up off the DL, so maybe he can play some first. I, I think it's going to be Sandoval for the most part. Yeah, um, That seems like the logical answer on the roster. Uh, I know exactly where I have him because it's on the team that always gets injured. It's my tout oh. worst team. <laughs> that makes, what, your 69th injury this year? No joke. I was like, I was super excited coming into the end of the week because I was all, oh, man, I only have six guys on my DL for the first time since uh, the since the auction. And then all of a sudden I looked uh, last night and I've got ten guys on the DL. It's amazing, man. You're, that is just – that's rough. You probably have David Dahl on that team too, right? No, thank God because it's been, it's been pretty ugly. And somehow I'm still in third, third or fourth place. So, I mean – um, I'm, I'm, and I got a big matchup against Jake Seeley, who's been uh, kicking everybody's butt this year. So, I mean, what do you, what are your Giants going to do with the rest of it? I mean, Melanson's back, but I does does I mean Strickland's going to hold on to that. Strickland would, got the save opportunity last night. Yeah. Um, I I think at least to start, uh, Melanson works lower leverage innings. Um, yeah. I think they want to see him healthy for a little while first. Uh, but I would guess that after a little while, um, that Strickland will be on a really short leash. Because, I mean, that yeah. Melanson contract looks really, really bad right now. <laughs> Just a bit. And the other, th- the other thing I think impact with all these moves coming back is, you know, uh, Mr. May, Gorky Hernandez, goes from the top to the bottom of the lineup now. With Joe Panic coming back, yeah. Joe Panic's hit lead off the last two nights, and Hernandez went all the way down to seventh and eighth after he had been hitting all this lead. I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised by that. Yeah, I would have kind of left it until it rode out because 
you know, he's been doing well. Uh, I only, I, my regret is somebody had sent me a trade offer of Gorky's Hernandez for somebody. I forgot, uh, but I didn't get it until I woke up that morning and somebody else had already accepted an offer before I got a chance to look at it. I was like, I, that's, I could have used that kind of player in a, in a, a 12 team NL only league. So it was, uh, it's definitely an offer I would have taken, but kids don't go to bed early. Even if you're tired, wait up for those, <laughs> wait up for those trade offers. Um, so that's that's kind of the other piece of this I want to see is how uh, where this impacts uh, Hernandez and if, if Panic can pick up because he was doing well before he got hurt. And he definitely has some some help behind him as long as uh, Posey's going to be okay because I see he missed last night's game. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because, like you said, Hernandez has you know been moved to the bottom of the lineup. It doesn't make a ton of sense unless they believe that they can kind of like restart the lineup having him bat eighth. Like, why is he batting below guys like Brandon Crawford and Pablo Sandoval? Um, I, yeah, for me, like, I don't know why you don't put, you know, Gorky's first, Panic second, Posey third, McCutcheon fourth, Longoria fifth. Yeah. So, um, and that could still happen. So, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see. Not uh, sure if Longoria's ever hit below three or four. I know he's hit leadoff. I know he's hit. Uh, third, and I know he's hit fourth. I know he prefers um, to hit fourth, which is maybe that's why he's hitting fourth now. Um, but I don't know if he's ever been dropped that low in the order. Well, you, you got to hit to keep it. I mean, this is true. You know, I mean, you know, the Giants aren't the Rays. They don't owe him anything. You know, so I mean, I, I don't think that they're going to worry too much about his feelings. And he, he's, he's, I mean, he's a team guy. So I mean, I wouldn't, I, I don't think he would put up much of a stink about it. Right. Um, all right, let's uh, uh, let's talk about the next set of stuff, and that is uh, some Rays corner. You know, so we we got to talk about the Rays. Need corner. a theme song for this. Need a theme song. So someone send me a theme song, and I'll, I'll start yes, superimposing please. it into the uh, uh, into the podcast on Sundays. <laughs> Chris Archer, uh, I wrote, has a tight groin. Uh, so, um, but he has pitched uh, much better as of late. Uh, this is why you don't give up on guys with long track records because they figure it out. They turn it around. Uh, he has so far. Um, so first, what is your concern about this groin issue? And second, what are your thoughts so far on his uh, kind of turning around? I, I could probably go five minutes on this one. So I'll, I'll kind of go with the, the with the injury part. Last night was weird. It was almost like he was pitching on a block of ice. There were a lot of times where he was throwing and he was falling down uh where like he was you know he, he's, he's kind of an emotional dude but you see him but there were times where he's throwing and ending up in a sitting motion really falling over there was just a lot of uh violence i, I would say to to his uh delivery last night and there were a number of times where he was falling and slipping down i think one of the things i would say uh that i would say about him is that we had um by the way paul just texted us and said he's oh Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make sure my phone was on mute there. Uh, but we had we had uh, him slipping last night uh, with things. But I that's and they came out and visited him. I thought it was weird because at one point Cash and the trainer came out and visited him, and it didn't look like anything had really been happening. Uh, but and then I then after that second inning when he was having when he was having trouble with. Um, 
he had a four a two out a two out four pitch walk to Gene Segura, then uh, another one, then he allowed a single, and all of a sudden it was two nothing. Uh, but one of the things I know the line scores don't really show it. I mean, last night five innings, seven hits, uh, two walks. That's a lot of base runners uh, to everything. Uh, but the uh, the last four starts, zero runs, one run, zero runs, two runs. So it looks better. And even before that, he had that one bad outing against Baltimore, but two one. So we've had like six or seven outings here where he's had two or fewer earned runs. But having watched the game against Oakland, having watched the game against Boston, and even the one against Anaheim, honestly, I think he's getting away with a lot of mistakes that better lineups uh, would really have would really tee off on him. It was really evident in the Oakland State. Now I'm not saying Boston's a trash lineup by any means, um, but I believe that Mookie Betts wasn't in that game. Uh, you know, somebody will obviously correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but there are in the especially in the Oakland game, he was hanging pitches, missing the spot by 10 to 12 inches uh, often, and he was getting away with mistakes. And even last night, when some of the pitches, he was still getting away with some mistakes in that one. He got bailed out. Uh, the first two runners of the game get on. He uh, singled the D Gordon. D Gordon steals second because the throw hits him in the ass and it goes out in center field. So then he takes third. Then he walks Segura. So it's first and third, nobody out. And uh, Hanniger's up. He strikes out Hanniger and then is able to th- and is to strike him out, throw him out, double play. And for some reason, Gordon didn't take off for home. And then they got like a pop up, and that's how he gets out of the first inning unscathed. So the damage could have been worse. But I, I think he's getting by with a lot of good fortune right now. And that if you go back and watch him pitch of late, the he, he's the numbers are a lot better than the process for him right now. Hmm. And I'd be if I had him, I I would be looking at this stretch of recent number and hopefully this tight groin's okay and he makes his next start. But I would be positioning myself to move him. Okay. Well that's uh uh that's really good insight because just looking from the numbers, and I haven't watched the start here recently, so maybe I need to go back and kind of watch and, and look for what you're talking about. But numbers-wise, things seem to be getting better. And so if uh, if he is kind of getting away with things and, and maybe not quite as sharp as the numbers would suggest, uh, then maybe you're right. Maybe this is a great time to start looking at selling people uh, especially if, if the groin issue turns out to be nothing and he's healthy. Um, you know, people may say, okay, this is this is the time to buy because he's finally turning it around and turning into the Chris Archer that we know. Yeah, that Oakland, that Oakland start would be the one to go watch and just watch. Uh, I believe Sucre was – Sucre is typically his personal catcher, if you will. Uh, but go back and watch – Watch that game and see where the catcher's setting up and see where things are ending up. And it's it just not it's not good. Uh, it's just a lot of glove movement. And here's a, the other thing that's kind of frustrating with him. We mentioned that he's had these seven starts with six with six uh, of them with two or fewer earned runs. He's one and three out of those seven starts. So he's pitch he's pitching. This the, the numbers say he's pitching well. He's got one win in those seven starts, and that gets back to the the offensive inconsistency behind him. They're never going to score a lot of runs. They get a lot of hits. They just have one guy that's hitting for power, and that's C.J. Crone. That's that's and and Ramos, uh, but he doesn't play every day, and that's really where things get to. But when we look over this last seven starts, eighty four percent left on base rate. Uh, everything else is kind of in line with where things should be. You've got about a run difference between his ERA and his FIP, and that's not terrible, but 
if he's if he's pitching this well and he's still only got one win to show for it, again, I'd be positioning myself to move him. I I wonder if there was someone at the beginning of the season that said that he would have a hard time winning games in Tampa Bay. I don't know. JC maybe the initials. Yeah, and then JM JC. Yeah, got a lot of hate on Twitter um, <laughs> because of it. Though our 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 man uh, Sandy uh, Kashmir ju- jumped into my chat the other day and said hello. So he's a good guy. Yeah, he, that that was not. It was nice to see him again. He so. said hello because the Rays were two games above five hundred, yeah, but now they've lost three straight. And, now that well, yeah, and, and they were ahead of the Giants too. In the <laughs> so. His he question, forgives, but he never, never forgets. Yeah, no. His question was: Are the Rays still garbage? So. <laughs> um, speaking of the Rays and garbage. Um, the whole closer situation seems to be a little bit garbage for fantasy right now. You've got, if you go over to roster resource right now, they have listed as their closer, Sergio Romo, Chaz Rowe, and Jose Alvarado. And then the other day, Johnny Venters gets a save. Uh, and I know it was an extra inning game, but what are you doing if you need to invest in this Tampa Bay closing situation? You invest in Jose Alvarado. I, when you look at the other pieces there, Ventures got that save because Matt Olson was at the plate. Uh, to start that inning, Ryan Stanek had started that inning, and there was one or two runners on base, and they brought in uh, Ventures out of the pen because he's just so good against lefties, and he was able to strike out Olson looking, get his first save since 2011. Uh, but that's where that situation... Honestly, it's going to be mostly of a committee, but when you look at all the different assets on that roster, Alvarez is the one that makes the most sense. Uh, he's the one that doesn't have splits. I mean, he can face righties and lefties. He throws 100, and he's got good command. Not great command, but good command. Plus, he's not home run prone. Ryan Stanek can throw 100, uh, and he looks better this year. The splitter looks better than it did last year, but he is fly ball prone, He's uh, and will give up the long ball, and the command can come and go. Plus, he's being used as a starter here every now and then, like Romo is. Uh, that's also why I think you take Romo out of the equation, because they're using him as the opener. Uh, and he has he and Roe are both righty specialists. I mean, they both have great sliders. They're good against righties. Um, you'll see a lot of their utilization here change as they play the Yankees a lot. I mean, the, the month of June for the Rays is a lot of Yankees, a lot of Astros, a lot of Nationals. Uh, they only they have three games all month against teams below 500, and that three games are against Toronto. That's it. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of usage from those guys. But right now, as, you know, as we were just joking, they're one game below 500 now as they're, as they're trying to uh, decide which way they're going to go. But let's be realistic. June is going to take them out of the equation here, which then puts Romo – and row on the trade block for contending teams looking for righty specialists that can that can neutralize righties with sliders. So you take both those guys out of the equation, and we're left with one guy left. And Venter's probably somebody they can trade there, too, if somebody's looking for a lefty specialist. And nothing should be nailed down. And then it comes to Alvarado. The other piece of the equation would be Diego Castillo, who's coming up from the minor leagues later this month. Um, he's been the de facto closer for Durham Bulls, but he's the right-handed version uh, of Jose Alvarado. So you got two guys with fastball slider, both can touch 100, both can work in the late innings. Um, and Jamie Schultz pitched the other day, faced three batters, struck them all out. That's somebody they were very excited about coming into last year before he had a major groin injury and missed most of the year because of it. Uh, that's where their future is going to be. I think this will all work itself out here over the next few weeks, but I would put 60 to 70% chance that Alvarado leads the team and saves the rest of the way. 
I'm right there with you, and I, I just from a uh, <laughs> from a kind of nostalgia standpoint, man, Johnny Venters was so good back in the day. It was amazing. I thought he was next Billy Wagner when I used oh, to watch him pitch. He was and Billy so Wagner is like my all time favorite reliever. And it's actually kind of cool to see him get back after what three Tommy John surgeries, three and a half, yeah, or two and a half was whatever. He's, I mean, he hadn't thrown a major league pitch since 2012. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So. All right, uh, let's uh, let's talk about real quick uh, rumors that Julio Urias could be back in late July. Are you stashing him by any chance? No. Who wants to walk with Urias? Not me. <laughs> the only Hopefully thing that has wrestling me... and it gets my loose wordplay there, but no. The only thing that has me a little bit tempted is the fact that the Dodgers rotation is in complete disarray. And yet they're still winning baseball games. Yeah, well, must be nice. Yeah, no, it's 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 got to be because the, the Giants' whole team is in complete disarray and they're not winning games. Though they're keep they're they're staying in it a little bit. So, which is uh, and I'm going to see uh, I'm going to the game on Tuesday night when Bumgarner returns. So that, that's nice. Does, am I going to a game this week? No, I'm going to be in Boston, but the uh, the uh, the corporate suite. Uh, is sold out, so I couldn't get tickets to that. And it's supposed to be crappy weather in Boston this week anyhow. I was thinking about going to Tuesday night's game uh, with a couple of colleagues, but I'm not going to a bad weather game if i got to sit outdoors. Call me a baby, but I'm a baby. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll sit in any weather. I'm I'm totally cool with that. So, uh, All right. Uh, speaking of it, coming back from injury, Zach Britton's supposed to be back early next week. Uh, do you think he takes the closer job back right away and are you picking him up if you see him available in a league i think the 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 primary job of baltimore here is to prove that he is healthy so you can trade him that's really what it comes down to for them they need i last i checked britain's on a one-year deal mm-hmm. correct yeah, this, is, this is the last year of his contract there's no reason you're not gonna you're you should not be tendering him uh, a, an offer. Put him, go ahead, put him out there, let him pitch, see if he's healthy, flip him. So even if he does get the job back, it's not going to be for long. Yeah, and I mean it's, uh, you know, I was surprised that they even tendered him an offer coming into this year because it was, uh, yeah, he is he's definitely a free agent at the end of this year. It was yeah they paying him they paying him twelve million dollars this year. They have they have delusions of grandeur. It is I, like, they why? I still don't understand why they have still have, why Manny Machado is still on this roster. But oh well. well and then I, the I rumor the other day that they were this. looking the rumor the other day they were looking at adding Hanley Ramirez. Yeah, no, I saw why? that too. Because you've already had like eight first base DH types. Let's add another one. Go ahead. Like I, I guess the only reason is, I mean, they're going to have a fire sale among fire sales here in, you know, what, a month and a half? Um, Should be an hour and a half. Yeah, because right. they've got Adam Jones, who's a free agent, Manny Machado, who's a free agent, Zach Britton, who's a free agent, Brad Brock, who's a free agent. Um, well, Chris Tillman, I, I don't think they could pay anybody to take him on, even at $3 million. Uh, Pedro Alvarez, Craig Gentry, they've got a number of guys that are going to... It's good thing they have a great farm system. Right? Oh, wait, they yeah. don't have that either. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they have some interesting guys like Anthony Santander, you know... Um, Rule 5. Uh, somebody oh, sorry, he's five, five somebody um, else. <laughs> uh, Moncastle's the dude I was thinking of. Not yeah, Ryan Moncastle. Like Austin he... Hayes has not been hitting well for mm-hmm. them in the minors, yeah. Uh, Cedric Mullins, uh, I know... Um, 
uh, God, uh, who was it? Uh, Ray Murphy at uh, uh, HQ uh, went and saw him and said he was really impressed. Actually, has some decent pop for a uh, a little guy uh, and plays great defense in center field. So I think he could be up as soon as they trade Adam Jones for you uh, keeper dynasty league guys. All right, let's uh, let's move on to some discussion points. Uh, Marco Gonzalez confounds me because I keep waiting for the shoe to just drop on him because he's just like I, I look at the stuff and nothing impresses me. But maybe he's just kind of a kitchen sink guy. Do you believe in Marco Gonzalez? I do believe in Marco Gonzalez. This is actually one of the one of the bold predictions that I was rather proud of. Uh, I, I did lay some stink bombs out there this year in my RotoWire bold predictions. Uh, you know, I, I, I really blew the Blue Jays. I mean, I said that Estrada and, and Morales would bounce back. Yikes. Uh, but this Estrada one, I said he was going to earn $8 in AL-only leagues, which was bold considering uh, he was not even ranked. Ranked? What even ranked? And start in, in any pitching uh, projections. He was below Chris Tillman, and Chris Tillman was the lowest guy on the projections when I was looking at the RotoWire projections. And, and so Gonzalez wasn't there, but I said, no, 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 I'm going to go back and buy. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to buy is he was bringing back the cutter. It was a good pitch for him, um, but it was one of the things that he and the Cardinals agreed, okay, I'm not going to throw it as I'm making my comeback uh, from uh, from TJ surgery. So he shelved it, but then he was bringing it back this year, and it gave him another another part of the kitchen sink, the sling up there, uh, and it's helping. He's always been good against lefties, but the thing is by him is he's had he needed something to keep righties honest. Uh, and that cutter that he can bear in on their hands and sneak on the back door uh, is is really is really an effective pitch, and it helps neutralize righties. He's never going to be a guy that's great against righties just because of his delivery, but if he can keep them at bay and keep them honest, it works. And I would highly suggest you go back and watch uh, last night. He faced a rather heavy uh, righty lineup and just really made the Rays look bad. Uh, there were just a number of guys, like three pitch out, three pitch at bats. Where I'm going to paint you here, here, and here. He never found the heart of the strike zone, uh, but really looked good last night. And he's now six and one on the season. You look at the 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 secondary metrics against to try to look. Okay, this is going to fall apart, and they all are validating what he's doing so far. And, and Seattle's playing well. The defense behind him is doing well. And I am still on board with this Marco Gonzalez. I wish I had him in more leagues. I think I have him in three. Yeah, I, I think I've picked him up and dropped him in like four or five leagues. Uh, and just like streaming him. And the more and more I look at things, um, I go, God, what he's doing has to be somewhat legitimate at this point. I mean, he is just getting on top of hitters, 67% first pitch strike rate, getting great swings and misses outside of the zone with a 32.5% O swing percentage. Um, the curveball is, is good. It's, you know, it, you know, the rest of his pitches are average, maybe a little right. bit above average. Like, he's really a kitchen sink guy except for that curveball, which has been fantastic. And, and like you mentioned, he's not throwing the fastball as much. He's throwing the, cur- uh, the cutter now. Um, it's really helping him uh, keep those hitters off balance because I don't think you know he's throwing almost all of his pitches at least, or he's throwing all of his pitches at least sixteen percent of the time, and most of them it's it's like an even split: thirty six percent fastball, sixteen percent cutter, twenty two percent curveball, twenty five percent change. Like you're going to have a hard time figuring out what's coming at you when the mechanics are on, and he's not tipping. And right now he's not. And 
uh, I think he can keep it up. And the state of the Mariners' rotation means that he's not going anywhere, even if he struggles. He's keeping you guessing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's still available, I don't, I don't know what his ownership rates are, but um, I think this is a guy to maybe go buy, uh, you know, even buy high on. I'm already there with him. He, him and this next guy we're going to talk about are two guys that I chased in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I have some shares of Eduardo Eduardo Rodriguez as well, um, and I you know I, I took the discount we got from him starting the year injured and starting every year injured, uh, and it's really paying off this year because uh, over his last five starts two uh, two point two five ERA, ten point six one strikeouts per nine. Uh, dude is absolutely dealing. He's got that Boston uh, offense giving him run support as well. What are your thoughts on Eduardo Rodriguez? Yeah, well, coming into the year, this is actually another bold prediction that I made. I said he was going to out earn Rick Porcello and Drew Pomeranz this year, despite pitching and uh, despite missing a third of the season. You know, coming into the year, when you look at his numbers, he had a very good, a, a very good. Uh, Pierce, when you look at his when you look at his swing strike rate, his strikeout rate, and his strikeout minus walk rate, I mean he was in very good company. The name when you looked at the names, you're like, wait, how how is he there with Carlos Carrasco and and Tanaka? And you look at all the different pieces, the way the the table that I had had uh, for him, and I, I showed I shared it through and said, look, these are the, this is the company he keeps by swinging strikeout rate, strikeout minus walk rate, and strikeout rate. Uh, Carrasco, Archer, Sale, Kershaw, Kluber, Salazar, DeGrom, Paxton, Maeda, McCullers, Severino, Tanaka. I mean, those are the guys that he's right there around. So he had uh, a 12% swing strike rate, 17% strikeout minus walk rate, and a 26% strikeout rate. So all the skills were there. It's just a matter of, hey, is the health going to be there? You, you look at what he's doing this year, and outside of that, really, uh, he had that back-to-back stretch where – Kansas City put one on him, and then Texas, despite him striking out 10, he gave a five runs in six innings. Those two stars are like an eyesore, but everything else has been great, and he just, his last few, last three outings in a row, three wins, three wins, three starts, seven strikeouts. He's uh, allowed two home runs in his last six outings here since that bad game against Texas. He's really been on a nice run here, and this is this is the type of talent we've always seen around the issues with his knee, and things seem to be doing well now, and it looks like we're finally getting what we've been waiting for since late 2016. And I'm right there with you. It just For me, it's all about health with him. If he can stay healthy, uh, I think he's going to produce very, very well. He's doing a fantastic job of limiting hard contact. Um, he is getting swings and misses out of the zone, uh, getting on top of hitters. Uh, and I just, you know, like the numbers aren't like that much better than what we saw in the, you know, the 25 or 24 starts last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a confidence to him. I think he, you know, is confident because he feels healthy. Um, and he's going up there, he's attacking hitters and, uh, the stuff has been fantastic this year. So, you know, there's always the concern that he's going to get hurt. But right now, like, you can't you, you can't do anything. You just got to write it out and hope it doesn't happen this year. Pretty much. I mean, like, if you look across the board, it's almost the, it's scary how close the stats are. I mean, strikeouts are up a little bit. Walks are down a little bit. Home runs are the same. Batting average of balls in play right about the, within three points of one another. There's a lot that looks a lot better. I mean, he's just uh, 
you know, the fewer walks definitely helps and, and missing a few more bats. But, you know, last year uh, in 24 starts, six wins. This year in 11 starts, six wins. Mm-hmm. He's getting He's not a lot hurting more himself. balls, too, this year, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Not hurting himself. No, and, I mean, you know, I think this is what we kind of expected from him a couple of years ago. Um, and he just, you know, he's, he's shown flashes of it, but he just hasn't been healthy. And now he's finally healthy, and, and the, the Red Sox didn't rush him back because they didn't need to. Um, and it, it's starting to pay off. And, you know, I mean, obviously he's outproducing Drew Pomeranz because I think I'm outproducing Drew Pomeranz. Yeah, yeah, that's uh... – I was that's another guy I try to run away from as much as possible and it was uh there's a reason why he's just not not a good pitcher. I think he outperformed. I was trying to see where where totals. He drew Pomeranz is a flat zero right now. Um Rodriguez is at $7 and Porcello this is mixed league is at 12. So I'm not I'm kind of winning it. At least I'm beating one of them, but there's still time. Porcello's starting to come back down to earth from his, you know, huge start. Yep. Let's talk about Marcelo Zuna. He started off. He started off the year extremely slowly. Um, People were very, very uh, scared about the shoulder, uh, especially. But he's starting to kind of turn it on now. uh, Over his last uh, two weeks. Hitting 469, 541, 594, the home run and stolen base. You know, short short sample for sure, but are you starting to believe that maybe Marcelo Zuna is turning it on? April 3rd, April 12th, May 11th, June 2nd. You know what those dates are? I do not. The four dates he's hit a home run this year. Mm. That, to me, is really, for a guy to hit 37 home runs last year, to have hit four and is on uh, like a Haley's Comet-type schedule is is concerning for me. So the the numbers coming up right now, uh, that the fact that it seems like it's probably been doubles-driven, and but I need to see, unless I'm in a league that's counting weighted on base average instead of ba- batting average, I need to see I need to see the balls going over the fence, and we've seen one, and that's that's really where I get concerned. But you look at, I mean, if you look at his rolling, this 15 game rolling weighted on base average, we're trending up nicely right now. I mean, he's definitely back above the league average um, after that after that plunge. Uh, so he's hovering around there, but I, I still need to see I still need to see home runs out of this, and that's that's what's still missing. Uh, I mean, he's becoming a piece of it, but I, I need to see more production out of that. I need to see more run production, and I wanted to see his last 30 days to see where where things are growing, uh, the kind of counting categories. So if I go back to May 2nd here and look over the past month, uh, I get a total of uh, 12 runs scored, 7 driven in, 2 home runs, 2 stolen bases. Yes, he's hitting 297. That's great, but that's not why I have Marcelo Zuno on my roster. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because for the season, he's a, he's got a 29% fly ball rate and a 52.5% ground ball rate. Like, he's just hitting yeah. everything into the ground. Now, it, it, it you know, even though uh, the numbers are looking a little better in terms of the, you know, triple slash over these last two weeks, those numbers in terms of what he's doing in terms of ground ball and fly ball rate have actually gotten worse 63% ground balls over the course of the last two weeks, uh, 23% fly balls, and he's not hitting the ball as hard. You almost have to wonder if the sh- if there is seriously something still wrong with his shoulder. 
you have to look at it. I mean, it's, I wrote something a few weeks ago. You look at, you try to break out and say, is he making better contact? Let's take a look and see where his expect his expected weighted on base average is. And right now, uh, you know, his weighted on base is two ninety eight. His expected is three forty seven. So that's that's good. So we can see, okay, he's making a little better contact. But then you look at last year, and last year his expected was 366. So he's still not hitting like he did last year, even though his actual last year was 388. Uh, so the what we see is, okay, he should be doing better, but he's not. But even if he was hitting like all of his contacts said he would, he still, he still would be hitting more like he did in 2016 than he would have been in 2017. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh... – I'm definitely concerned, and if my internet would move faster, I would check one more stat. Um, this somewhat reminds me... Oh, here we go. Finally. Okay. Well, I guess, no. I was going to say this reminds me a little bit of like the Marcus Simeon issue before he went on the DL last year. Yeah. He's not actually even walking more, so it's not that he's afraid to swing. Uh, and his swing percentage oh. has gone down a little, but not much. So, not but I mean, when you look at you look at last year, thirty-seven homers, ninety-three scored, one twenty-four driven, and we knew the RBIs weren't going to beat it because he was in a great lineup last year that Miami just stupidly broke up. Uh, you knew that wasn't going to happen, but then you you look at 2016, 23 home runs, seventy-five runs, seventy-six RBI. I think every Every Ozuna owner would take that right now and be like, okay, at least I've salvaged my season. And if we consider right now a third of the season, which is about where we're at, maybe a little more, and we just tripled his number, tripled his runs and RBIs, he's still not going to get to those numbers. That's the scary part. He's got to really kick it in gear to get there. I'm not sure he makes it the 20 homers this year. That's assuming he has 16 the rest of the way. Um, which is which is possible. We know anybody can get a hot streak. See Gorkas Hernandez, uh, but I, I'm still not seeing it from him. Yeah, I, I think there's there's something wrong. And honestly, uh, I'm actually surprised he hasn't been put on the DL. Like, like why? Especially with the the outfielders they've had there um, and the depth they've got at the position and how well. Right. Guys like Tyler O'Neill played when he first came up. I know he cooled down pretty quickly, but Harrison Bader's playing really well. Why not just get him some time off? Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, last one before we ju- dive into the two start pitchers. Uh, there is uh, a log jam developing in the Cleveland outfield. You got Brantley, Zimmer, uh, Greg Allen, Rache Davis, Melky Cabrera. Um, eventually Lonnie, I don't, I don't know how bad Lonnie Chisinau is hurt. I, I don't have him. He's, no, he's back in a couple of days. He's okay. not too, he's not too far off. So what <clears throat> are you doing with that log jam? Because Allen has played well enough where maybe he deserves some, uh, deserves some time. Um, you know, uh, Bradley Zimmer came off the DL a couple of days ago. He's two for four so far, I believe, uh, since returning. Uh, Michael Brantley has just been amazing this year and they've got Melky in, uh, in Rajay. So, who are you betting on in this outfield? Here's the, here's the thing with what you look at a couple of things. I mean, Michael Brantley is the guy that we have to just leave in there. I and mean, he's he's hit second all season. He's staying healthy. He's producing. That's good. The rest of the situation, you look at you when you look and see how many guys they have involved. Then you got to look at see who's who's got flexibility. <clears throat> Pardon me. You can't do it with Melky Cabrera. 
And his value is that he switch hits, so he's useful on the bench on a bench that doesn't have any other that doesn't have any other uh, switch hitting options that are on the bench. Obviously, Lindor and Ramirez are in the lineup, and currently Greg Allen's in the lineup too. But to have Cabrera gives them some flexibility that they don't have with their typical bench of Eric Gonzalez and Rajai Davis there. Uh, but then you look at Allen and Davis, similar type of player. One has all of his minor league options. The other one's out of options. They added Davis uh, as a free agent this winter. Yes, it was a minor league deal when they turned it into a major league one, but they added him for a reason there. And... And the same thing with uh, with Zimmer. He has options, and you got to try to figure out who they're going to keep. And I think having options sometimes hurts you, mm-hmm. and this may be one of those cases where they want him to have regular playing time. Now, he has played regularly with all these injuries, but with those other guys coming back, they're going to want Chisholm's left-handed bat in the lineup too. Uh, I Honestly, I think Allen gets victimized here despite him playing, despite how he's playing. He's at risk. I think he's got a, he's got a pretty decent chance of getting sent down once this roster is fully healthy here in the next week or two. Yeah, it, it's going to be between Allen and Zimmer. Um, one of them's going down. Uh, I, one of them's got to stay up because they need one of them because they both play very, very good defense. Right. Both great defensive players. And considering who you're going to have in the corners and guys like Chisenhall and Melky Cabrera, you need them in center um, kind of covering some ground. So um, I almost wonder if they're going to send Zimmer down. And I love Zimmer. I mean, no one is a bigger fan and has been a bigger fan of Bradley Zimmer, I think, in the entire industry as me. Um, you know, I, I watched the dude play, play in college because, you know, he played college down the road for me. So, um but I I dropped him in in tout head to head today, you know. I, yeah, I am I am I've probably been the opposite end of Zimmer. I think the athleticism is amazing, but production not there. And not that I'm low on Greg Allen, but when when Wellington Castillo got suspended, I needed a catcher in our 11 team AL only league, and I had to trade him straight up for Drew Cabrera two weeks ago. So, uh, Drew Buter, I'm sorry. Uh, UCF guy, and I still mess his name up. But uh, it was the only catcher I could find that was available. There was nothing on the free agent list that I could pick up. And uh, other than Blake Swihart, who I had already cut, and so I ended up getting him back anyhow. Uh, so that's my those are my options right now. And uh, so I missed out on this production. I've been sitting on Greg Allen since 2016, which really pissed me off. <laughs> but it's... it's uh, it's, it's just an unfortunate situation. There's too many names and having options. It really only leaves them two choices, and it's going to be one of those guys. And even the one that sticks around is not guaranteed enough playing. They're not guaranteed all the playing time either. Yeah, I mean, I guess they can use Rajay. Uh, in they can use Brandon Guy. They can use Brandon Guyer in center. Oh, but Guyer's depending on the matchup. He's coming back too. Oh God! Well, yeah, when he comes back, then they're really, they're really. <laughs> so this is. Um, so if you, if you're you know you're looking today and you're in let's say a 15 team league, are you cutting bait on Allen and Zimmer? Yes. I I can't do it on Zimmer. I not yet in a 12 team league I I can do it. I, I'm still holding out hope, especially if it's an OBP league. Um, but I can understand why people do. I just I, maybe I, maybe my love is irrational. You know, and, and I do have irrational loves. You know, some someone called me out on Twitter for irrationally loving Chris Stratton the other day, and I said, you know, that's a, he's like he's nothing but mediocre. I'm like, well, I'm nothing but mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about some two start pitchers. Uh, I kind of broke them up in tier by ownership. 
so we'll start with kind of shallower formats and move deep a little bit deeper. Uh, start with Danny Duffy at the Angels at the A's, Ronaldo Lopez at Minnesota at Boston, Junior Guerra at Cleveland at Philadelphia. All these guys on the road for both of their starts. Who you, who would you take if you needed a two star pitcher? Man, and and not great match. Well, Duffy's got the best matchups, and you know Duffy the other. You know, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, he said, "Hey, I think I found a mechanical flaw. I think I'm good." Now we've only had two starts, and they were against Minnesota and Texas, but they were both good. Um, so maybe he has found something, and so I'm gonna lean there because Lopez has not looked good, and, and I really don't like that matchup at Boston. And then with with Guerra, those are those are some tough matchups as well. So of this, I'm going to take Duffy. I'm not terribly excited about it, but at least since he came out and said, you know what, yeah, I, I've got some issues. Um, his last two starts have been encouraging uh, compared to that that back to back where Cleveland really laid it on him, and then the Yankees did the same. I'm gonna go with Guerra, and you know, and I'm going to preface this by saying. There's going to be guys in this next grouping that are lower lower owned um, that I would probably take over all three of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that has me, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that have me kind of uh, a little bit wary on Duffy, but the matchups uh, are super right-handed heavy teams. And I just worry that uh, that, that may pose a problem for him. Yeah, understood. So um, I'll go with Guerra. I know the matchups suck, but Philadelphia's offense is actually without Hoskins in it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not as strong as maybe we thought it was. The pitching staff has been really good, but uh, so Scott Kingery hasn't hit in a month. Yeah, I mean, and Aaron Altair has been atrocious. Um, you know, they're 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 not running out a, a great team. I, I know that Carlos Santana has rebounded, but. Uh, I don't think that offense is something you really have to worry about right now. So uh, I'll, I'll take the shot that maybe he can catch Cleveland off guard. And he's Guerra's been pretty decent. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I just don't trust Duffy. Not not against Trout and that, that, that offense. So uh, let's move on to the next grouping who has guys that I like a lot better, at least two of them. Uh, that I like a lot better. Nathan Hivaldi at Washington versus Seattle, or home versus Seattle. Marco Estrada, home versus New York, home versus Baltimore. Clayton Richard, home versus Atlanta at Miami. Oh, man. It almost, to me, it almost has to be Eovaldi by default. I mean, he looked really good against Oakland. Uh, I, at least I thought for parts of it. I mm-hmm. saw Nick Pollock's breakdown of him over at uh, Pitcher List. Uh, and he had raised some good points as well. I mean, we, there was he'd received a lot. He as an Eovaldi received a lot of defensive help, some really good plays behind him um, that prevented some of the what should have been hits. So he had some, but that's that defense is going to be there for him. Uh, they've got some. When you look at some of the the runs saved, Carlos Gomez is actually one of the is the leading right fielder uh, for that this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no way I would touch Marco Estrada here. Not in those matchups. Baltimore can't pitch, but they still can hit. And forget the Yankees. There's not there's not a chance I'm going to Estrada. I don't care how deep the league is. And then with Richard, there's a couple of things. 
I mean, the Miami matchup is a, is a nice one to take advantage of, but not the Atlanta one. Atlanta is really good against lefties this year. Uh, they have, I, I think they're one of the top five teams offensively against lefty starters. Uh, and that's why I would like to avoid that particular one. I don't think the Miami start is nice enough to offset what could be potentially damaging outing against Atlanta. So I'm going to go with Eovaldi almost by process default here. Yeah, Eovaldi's the top option for me as well. Even going against Washington, uh, I was impressed by him, and I think you and I both were on him coming into the season, and Paul and I... Yeah, uh, he looked great in spring. Yeah, and Paul and I discussed him a little bit at length in the last episode, so if you want to go and catch that, you can kind of hear our, our more in-depth thoughts on him. Um, but I think I, I am rolling with Clayton Richard in Towers because I don't have any other option. Um, and I'm trying to pick up Ivaldi, and I'll, I'll find out here in about 25 minutes whether so I actually get him. 5 a.m. at the bar. I got it. I got yeah, it. So it's uh, it's getting pretty ugly for me. But um, with you know four of my pitchers being you know in my active lineup going on the DL this week, um, so uh, I'm I'm rolling with both those guys. I had the opportunity to pick. I have the opportunity to pick up Estrada. And I at first went and put in a bid, and then I went and kind of dove into the numbers, and I went, oh, my God, there's – I don't know if I would pitch Marco Estrada against a uh, high school team right now. He no, it's not, just, it's not good. Like, there's nothing there that stands out to me as, hey, maybe this could turn around at some point. Yep, it's, it's not good. Not good at all. All right, uh, next uh, tier, we've got Lucas Giolito, Jose Urena, and Zach Eflin. Uh, Lucas Giolito gets at Minnesota, at Boston. Urena at St. Louis, uh, home versus San Diego. Eflin at Chicago Cubs, uh, and then home versus the Brewers. This To me, this is Urena by default. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giolito's just god-awful, can't throw strikes. I mean, he is the Tyler Chatwood of the American League, um, and... I don't know if it's fair or not to Zach Eflin, but every time I see Philly having a bad start, I automatically in my head, like, hey, I bet you Zach Eflin pitched. And sure enough, it's Zach, it's a Zach Eflin game. Because I watch it, because you know, I've got Nolan in a couple of leagues, and I've got Pavetta in a few leagues. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, let me, let me, I, I want to I get on board with this. Let me check it out. And then every time I look, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's who pitched today. Uh, and so, like I said, not... It may not be it may not be his fault, but that's that's the mind association I have with Zach Eflin. So I uh, I can't choose him because I just automatically associate him with losing. Uh, the, Eflin is well. One uh, uh, my my association with him is for some reason I think of Zach Efron. <laughs> so that already has me uh, a a little bit discouraged um, in terms of wanting to to use him. Uh, he's kind of an enigma to me because, like, the FIP and XFIP are both marketably lower, yeah. uh, than the ERA. But then you look at you know some of the 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 underlying metrics, like his O swing is twenty two percent. Um, he he's given up a fair amount of contact on like this. Like, I don't understand like what he's doing that makes the XFIP and FIP. Uh, and, and granted, I haven't watched very much Zach Eflin, uh, you know, because I, I, I never think of that's the guy I want to go watch. Um, maybe I need to, and I, I just don't trust him. So um, well, last three games, he hasn't made it. He hasn't completed five. He's allowed 15 runs. 
against the Dodgers, the go. Jays, and the Cardinals. Not Murderer's Row. No. And you're Ian Wrigley, uh, and then against a, a, a Brewers team that can be very dangerous. So uh, Urana's been much better um, as of late. So I'm I'm actually uh, another guy that I'm picking up by default in uh, – uh, in Tot Wars, so... Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, here we go. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> all right. Uh, last grouping, we've got... Mike. It's a big one, because it's just all guys who were single-digit owned in CBS. Uh, Mike Fears, uh, home versus New York, home versus Cleveland. Matt Moore, home versus Oakland, home versus the Astros. Derek Holland, home versus uh, Arizona, and away or at Washington. Sal Romano, home versus Colorado, home versus St. Louis, and Brad Keller, uh, who I swear is a real player, at the Angels and at the A's. God, do I have to pick one? I mean, Keller's making his first. He's been a reliever all year, and all of a sudden they're going to put him into a two-start week? Yeah. He started the game this last week. You made it three and two-thirds, I believe. Oh, I see that now. Okay, I I just saw the three innings and figured he just came in long relief and mop-up. Um but yeah, wow. Um, no one fires. No one more. God, maybe kind of Derek Holland by default. I hate to do this by cheap out, but Sal Romano, the Reds aren't going to give you anything. Uh, and Keller, no. Yeah, this has kind of got to be Derek Holland. Oh God, is it? I I can't do it. <laughs> I've watched yeah, I mean, too if much you make Derek me choose Holland. one of these, if you make me choose one of these, that's kind of where I'm at. And this is for you five deep league folks that are listening to this point going, yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, but, yeah, gross. But that's really it. That's kind of where I've got to go. Yeah. Um, let's see. Diamondbacks are seventh in WOBA against left-handed pitching. Uh, Nationals are 26th. And at least the Diamondbacks are striking out a fair amount, 25% against left-handed pitching. It's kind of where I got. I know, he, oh, but he, you know, you look at Holland. He struck out nobody in his last outing, but that was at Colorado. You know, that was you. Know, you take what yeah. you get there. I, um, I, I put some bids on Sal Romano and Tout. Um, one, I, I like the stuff. Uh, you, you know, he can't always command it, um, but uh, he he's at home, so cut maybe Colorado. You know, Colorado hitters. You know, take a little bit of a hit when they're on the road. Right. Um, they've been very hit or miss this year. St. Louis's offense has been very hit or miss this year. So I'm I'm taking a gamble on Salamano. I've watched, like I said, I've watched too much Derek Holland to uh, to trust him. Fair um, enough. So, all right. Well, that uh, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. What you got going on this week, Jason? Traveling to Boston. I got to do some stuff Monday through Wednesday, and uh, then I'll be home. Uh, before going on vacation Monday. I'll still be available on the weekends, but I'm taking a Monday to Friday trip to Fort Myers the from the 11th to the 15th. So I will be uh, get, trying to get ready for that, get this Boston stuff done, come home, and just really uh, try to get a bunch of stuff wrapped up. Because when I go on vacation, the last thing I want to do is open my work laptop. So it's a matter of just trying to get everything done next week and then being done. What about you? Oh, let's see. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm mostly just working. Got all my uh, articles that I got to do. Got to write a write-up, you know, four or five times this week. Uh, four or five articles at Fantasy Alarm, you know, six or seven podcasts, radio show in about an hour Did you get and that half. blog name figured out, what you're going to do? No, you know what? The Justin Mason, they want $3,000 for it. 
I'll kiss my ass. Damn. <laughs> like every time I think of a, like a good name or someone recommends a good name, I go on to GoDaddy and I, I look. Okay, how how much does it cost to register this domain name? And it's like four thousand dollars. I, I was I was gonna do the bearded baseball, and that one was yeah like four grand. How about um, the bearded baseball? <laughs> see, but I want to write about other stuff other than just baseball. So I got gotcha. you. You know, for the for those who don't know much about my background is. And I'm former military, uh, come from a political family, um, I'm in recovery, uh, so like I want to, you know, I want to have an area where I can write stuff other than just sports, so otherwise I can just put everything on Friends of Fantasy Benefits. That's true. No, I did that back when I was uh, in your, I had, thankfully JasonColette.com was open, and I, I used to do the same thing, but once I, uh, went back to being a working man sucker in the corporate world, I, uh, I stopped doing that, but it was very easy for me to say, hey, radio parent. I just was able to put things there, and I even had some business cards, and it was easy. Um, so I, I like the idea, but you know, I'm, I'm sorry you don't have an uncommon first and last name combination like me. Yeah, unfortunately, there is some sort of country singer in Texas named Justin Mason. <laughs> um, and he, could, he, he almost looks a little bit like an, uh, an unbearded version of me. So, you know, maybe, maybe I can, uh, maybe I can just, you know, contact him and he, maybe he'll give me a little section of his website. The bearded Justin Mason.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to figure something out, but the like T H E E Justin Mason. Oh, there we go. See, I'm getting creative. Yeah. See, Justin well, the Mason. Well, and Justin I was Mason Esquire. I, mean, I thought, gotta... I thought just Mason was pretty good. Yeah. That, that one was like three third, 3,500. Holy crap. So. Yeah, it's a, some, somehow my name has a bunch of premium websites attached to it. I, I, I don't understand why. <laughs> I'm just average.com. That's actually, that's pretty, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I think, that, I think that's where you're going to reach me from now on. <laughs> <laughs> just average analysis. I just, yeah. <laughs> Let's see, is I'm just average. Let's see. Da, 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 da. I'm. A, it's available. It's only eleven ninety nine. Go add it to your cart there before we go. people download this and stick you on there. Exactly. Uh, you can you, you can reach all you can read all my stuff at justaverage.com. <laughs> <laughs> Justaverageanalysis.com also available. See, you know what? See, this is very productive. Hey, is justinmason.net available? This is this is like the best part of the podcast. Like if if people hung through the uh, Jose Urena analysis and got to this, this this part is just pure gold. Hey, JustinMason.pro is available. JustinMason.us is available. Is there a JustinMason.edu? There is. Yeah, it must be because it's not showing as available. Damn. There's uh. a JustinMason.me. So you could be like Keith Law. Keith Law has a .me site, mm. and .me is only three forty nine. So you could be saving some serious money. And if you use your Ebates plugin, you could get five percent cash back off that three forty nine, and be rolling in the dough because that's popping up on my browser right now too. Very nice. All right. Well. Hey, that's why I'm here, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun in Boston. Uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, man.
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.